Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I am your host, Zach Guggenheim, and we are here for the Week 11 picks. Make sure to like and subscribe. Make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. Share. Share with your friends. Share on social media. Make sure to get this podcast out as we get into the real part of the season. That's right. It is playoff picture time. And some big-time games coming this week. We're going to get right into the picks. And then after the break, we're going to discuss how absurd the college football playoff rankings are. But let's go right into the picks. I'm picking nine games this week, three out of conference, starting with number eight, Oklahoma, versus number 13, Baylor. This is the big noon kickoff game on Fox. Joel Clatton, Gus Johnson on the call. 12 p.m. kick. Five and a half point favorites, Oklahoma. And Oklahoma's opportunity to climb the CFP rankings starts now, at least we think. Baylor is seven and two, has a win over BYU, which is more or less good. But the thing I've noticed while tracking them is while they can drive the ball some, they, they seem to really need big plays to put teams away. Against Oklahoma State, they didn't turn the ball over, but Oklahoma State turned it over three times and yet they still won the game by 10 points. Baylor only had two touchdown drives they managed, and they were seven plays and four plays, and they lost. So Gary Bohannon has has played well at quarterback for the Baylor Bears. They have decent balance between run and pass, but I'm just not sure that they can get the big plays on this Oklahoma defense. At the end of the day, I think the Sooners limit them explosively. I think Caleb Williams, he starts to settle in a bit after knocking off some of the bye week rust. He has some time to get more acclimated to the system. I've got Oklahoma 34, Baylor 24, and they keep hope alive for the Big 12 getting into the playoff. Northwestern versus number 18, Wisconsin. 12 p.m. kick on ESPN2. Wisconsin is a 24-and-a-half-point favorite. I think Wisconsin gets an easy win here. Northwestern, Northwestern has struggled to move the ball. They are playing, I think, maybe the best defense in the conference at this point, if not the, be- the, the best, the second best. And the running game, I think, will be effective as Wisconsin rolls. I've got Wisconsin 38, Northwestern 6. Rutgers versus Indiana, 12 p.m. kick on the Big Ten Network. Indiana, a seven-point favorite. A lot of question about whether Jack Tuttle or Michael Penix will be cleared to play. I think if the Hoosiers can get anything out of the quarterback position, Indiana will beat Rutgers. But I'm concerned that even if Tuttle and Penix play, Indiana's offense might continue to struggle. On the flip side, Rutgers got a big-time wake-up call against Wisconsin. That They got drilled by the Badgers. Vedra was benched. I don't know if that was because he got hurt or if he's just out. But Vedra did not play well last week. You know, does does that keep Rutgers from thinking they have a shot in this game? You know, they had some positive momentum with the win over Illinois. Before that, they had the bye week, so they're feeling good about themselves. I'm not sure Rutgers, though, has the passing ability to take advantage of Indiana's weakened defense. And I think, I think the Hoosiers are going to get enough out of the quarterback position to get their first win in Big Ten play. I've got Indiana 20, Rutgers 10. So Indiana gets their first win, which is, again, very surprising, but I like Indiana in this game. We're going to go out of conference for number one, Georgia versus the Tennessee Volunteers. 
3.30 p.m. kick on CBS. I believe that will be Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson on the call. I think an underrated broadcast team. Gary, Gary Danielson, Danielson gets some heat, but, you know, he's a former Purdue guy. I, I think we should, we should give, cut him some slack there. Uh, Georgia's a 20-point favorite. I'm not picking Georgia to lose, but if I were to pick a potential stumble – Anywhere in the schedule for Georgia, it's this game. This is not a great matchup for the dogs. Uh, Hooker at quarterback has been really effective as a passer. Is 21 touchdowns, two interceptions. And they've they've gotten some explosive plays against good defense. If, again, you go back to the Alabama game, the score is a, bit, a little, <laughs> the score is a little misleading. It was 52 to 24, yes, but it was, I think it was, 28 24 going into the fourth quarter and Tennessee hit them with big plays over the top. You know, they've, they've been explosive against Bama. They've been explosive against Kentucky and Ole Miss Georgia blows you out by suffocating you on defense. So I'm intrigued to see what happens as honestly, they play a real offense. Tennessee's defense, not very good but I'm not sure Georgia has the personnel to completely exploit that, right? They've got a great tight end and Bowers, you know, but Stetson Bennett, as good as he's been, he's not a playmaker at the quarterback position. He's, he's good enough. And their receivers are good enough. That being said, I think Georgia's defense ultimately is too good, but I think this is going to be a scare. I think Georgia wins by six. I've got Georgia 30, ten, uh, Tennessee 24. That's Georgia 30, Tennessee 24. Minnesota versus number 20, Iowa. 3.30 kick on the, beat, uh, on the Big Ten Network. Iowa is a five-and-a-half point favorite. I don't know what to make of either team right now. You know, I, I think PJ Fleck will get his guys up for this game because it's a bigger game. And, you know, if Minnesota wants to win the West, they've got to win this game. And they've played well against the better teams on their schedule, you know, Nebraska, Colorado, Purdue. And even though they lost to Ohio State, they, they put up a good fight against them. And before anyone says anything, I know people are saying Colorado, that was a a, a power five out of conference game, which is, I think a big deal for Minnesota to, to, to beat Colorado. I think it was on the road, you know, compare that to their games against Mac teams, Miami of Ohio and Bowling green. We all know what happened against Bowling green, Bowling green sunk the boat. This is a big game against a ranked opponent and Iowa has quarterback issues. Spencer Petrus was benched. We don't know if it was injury related or if he just got straight benched because he struggled against the Wildcats last week. Alex Padilla came in, seemed to do well, 60% completions, 170 yards through the air. But again, it's, it's, it's the Wildcats. You know, what do they, what does he do against a better defense? I, I think it's going to be a low scoring slugfest. And I think PJ Fleck gets a big time win against Iowa here. I've got Minnesota 23, Iowa 17. One, one note is that there is there's word that it seems like Riley Moss will be back in the lineup this week. If that's the case, that's a big, big deal for the Hawkeye defense. And I would 
change my pick if that's the case. But at this point, he's just he's he's practiced a little bit, but we're still not sure on his status. Maryland versus number seven Michigan State, four p.m. kickoff on Fox. Michigan State's a thirteen point favorite. Michigan State's defense struggles against throwing teams. Purdue got, I mean, they just absolutely ravaged them last week. Over 530 yards with Aiden O'Connell. He'll do that to you, but I think Talia Tungavailoa might have a big game in this game. I think he'll, I think he'll throw for a lot of yards. I think Rakeem Jarrett and a couple of the other receivers are starting to get into a groove uh, now that they're getting used to not having Bemis there. I still think at the end of the day, it's too much Kenneth Walker and Jaden Reed. I think Peyton Thorne has, has played well despite the upset last week. Spartans win, but it's closer than you'd expect. I've got Michigan State 34, Maryland 24. Number nine, Notre Dame versus Virginia, the Cavaliers. 7.30 p.m. kick on ABC. Notre Dame's a five-and-a-half-point favorite. This feels like a bad matchup for Notre Dame. Brennan Armstrong, the quarterback for Virginia, is averaging nearly 400 yards a game passing. The running game is good enough to keep the Irish defense honest. Can Jack Cohn and the Irish offense keep some pace with this offense? You know, or maybe the, the other question is, can Marcus Freeman's defense hold their passing at the, the hold this passing attack of Virginia enough so that Notre Dame can hold the ball, kind of run, run a little bit. Jack Cohn can kind of march their way down the field a few times. I don't think so. I think Virginia pulls off the upset. I think Armstrong throws their way to victory. I've got Virginia 35, Notre Dame 27. Number 19, Purdue versus number four, Ohio State. 330 kick on ABC. Ohio State's a 20-point favorite. I don't understand that line. You know, Purdue as an unranked team has gone two and zero against top five teams. They obviously beat Iowa on the road. They beat Michigan state at home. Both of those wins were double digit victories. And so I just, I would not, I certainly wouldn't bet Ohio state to, with the points at 20 just seems like an absurd number. I do think the magic runs out for the, for the Boilermakers, barely. Jeff Brom's just done a tremendous job with his team. But I, I just I think the magic does run out, though I will say bar it, it's barely. Karloftis is the best edge rusher Ohio State has faced. David Bell might be the best receiver and the biggest threat that this Buckeye secondary has faced all year. And Purdue has other weapons too. Payne Durham at tight end is a legit threat. Their other receivers have played well. And Jeff Brom, he knows when to pull out the trick plays. And he is, he is better than almost anyone at it in the country. So I, I think Purdue is going to score in this game. But I think Ohio State gets enough out of the run game to keep the, the Purdue defense off balance. I think Ohio State gets a couple more explosive plays. Garrett Wilson will be back in this game. He was out last week against Nebraska. Ohio State outlasts the spoiler makers. Ohio State 34, 
Purdue 31. It will be close, I think. I think it'll be a very close game. Last but not least, number six, Michigan versus the Penn State Nittany Lions, 12 p.m. ABC. Michigan, a one-point favorite. It's amazing that Michigan's a one-point favorite against an unranked Penn State team. Maybe uh, the college football playoff committee should see that difference in the betting line, but we'll talk about the committee in a minute. First things first, uh, first things first, real injury concerns on both sides. Blake Corum went out with an injury last week. He's the running back for Michigan. He's, he's their explosive running back. Obviously Sean Clifford for Penn state has been hobbled. You know, he's looked healthier the past few weeks, but you still, still, you know, have some concern about that. I think Michigan will be able to run the ball. Penn State has struggled a bit against the run, but I'm still not convinced they can throw the ball when necessary. And they are going up against the best back seven in the conference. And honestly, maybe the country. It's definitely a top 10 back seven. I I would probably say at least top five. And I I think this is going to be a real struggle for Michigan uh, to, to get any type of explosive plays they, they did have the freshman Antrell Anderson start to, to get going against Michigan State. But Michigan State has struggled against the pass. So I, I don't know what's real in the Michigan passing game. I think Penn State wins. I think Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington have enough explosive plays to beat the Wolverines. And they finally get ranked this Tuesday. I got Penn State 27, Michigan 23 in a noon whiteout. That's it for the picks. Let's see, let's see how they do. But before we end, I will take a quick break and then we'll come back to talk about the playoff committee and their rankings. Uh, that'll be coming up next on the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. The playoff was a good idea when it was started. And particularly, it was a good idea because it expanded access and supposedly it was going to help make things more objective. I say that it was supposed to make things more objective. The whole rallying cry of the playoff is every game matters. Tell that to Michigan State, who is currently ranked seventh, beat Michigan only to see Michigan ranked sixth. They have the same record. I would argue Michigan state has the better overall resume, but the committee put Michigan at number six and Michigan state number seven, both are eight and one Michigan state has beat Michigan and Michigan state lost to Purdue. And my question is, how do you justify putting 
the team that got beat ahead of the team that beat it. How do you justify it? And this was their justification because they ask him every week. This was Gary Barta's justification. Well, when we look at the metrics and we look at their personnel, we just think they're better. Oh, you just think they're better. Okay. Uh, here's the problem with that. Michigan State beat Michigan on the field. So what you've effectively done is you have said that the games don't matter. The games don't matter. Happened again. Auburn, six and three. Wisconsin, six and three. They're ranked 17th and 18th, respectively. Penn State, six and three, not ranked. Uh, that's a problem, guys. It's a problem. I, I didn't have a lot of problems with the top five. You know, as, as much as I don't think Bama should be two, I didn't think they could move Bama out of the two spot. It made sense that Oregon and Ohio State moved up to three and four. I was pleasantly surprised that they bumped Cincinnati up to five, despite the fact that they struggled with Tulsa. And it made sense that Michigan and Michigan State would be in the top seven, both of them. It made that made sense to me. I I, I thought they might bump Oklahoma up, but Oklahoma was on a buy, so they couldn't prove anything. There's no extra data point for them. But all the all the top seven, except for Georgia, struggled a bit. Michigan State obviously lost. So I thought the the teams that were at two through seven made sense. But the fact that Michigan and Michigan State are ranked six and six, six and seven respectively makes absolutely no sense. And my concern moving forward with the playoff committee is not just who gets in the top four, but my question and my concern is how can we take the integrity of this sport seriously when two teams with the same record this late in the season, one week removed from Michigan state beating Michigan like how, how could we justify ranking Michigan over Michigan State? And if we're just going to say, well, the metrics bear this out, then we're kidding ourselves when we say that every single game matters. It doesn't matter. Because here's the thing. You know who's going to go to the Big Ten championship game if Michigan and Michigan State went out? Michigan State. You want to know why? Because Michigan State earned the tiebreaker on the field. Now, people can, can argue and say, well, it'll all work out in the end. Okay, maybe. I still think it's a problem. Because again, where you start to rank teams will influence how you finish ranking teams. Where you start to rank teams will influence how teams finish. 
Case in point, look at Penn State. Penn State has the same record as two teams that it beat. It beat Auburn, it beat Wisconsin. And Purdue is also six and three, and Purdue's ranked 19th. But Penn State, nowhere to be found. The teams ahead of them after Wisconsin or Auburn, Wisconsin, and Purdue is Iowa, Pittsburgh, San Diego State, Texas, San Antonio, Utah, and Arkansas. Why is Utah ranked? Because they, they beat BYU. Actually, no, I think they lost to BYU. Like, what? But why is Utah ranked? Because they beat a bunch of Pac-12 nobodies? Why is Arkansas ranked? Oh, I know why Arkansas is ranked. Because they beat number seven Mississippi State, number 17 Mississippi State last week. Who's conveniently no longer ranked at five and four. But you know what it did? It propped up Arkansas. The integrity of this sport is breaking down at a breakneck pace. And I, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but this is the problem with a subjective system is you have this question of who is the best versus the most deserving. And we have decided that best and most deserving are actually wildly different terms. And the, the biggest issue I have with it is that we have made the playoff all about the fans and about what people want. But here's, here's my bigger question. What about the players? What about the teams? Like, people know I, I'm a big Ohio State fan. But I can't justify leaving Oregon out if Ohio State gets in, if they have the same record. And Ohio State will have had a much better resume by the end of the season. But you want to tell me that Oregon, who beat Ohio State on the road without their top two defenders, will get left out of the playoff ahead of Ohio State? Now, at this point, they're both in looking at the rankings. But it's just, how can you justify that? At that point, not every game matters. That game in Columbus, September 11th, didn't matter. And so the very thing that we're trying to do with the playoff, make every game matter, is actually nullified by this committee because everything is subjective. Beauty is in the eye of the, of the beholder. And so what we've created is not a playoff system. We've created an, an invitational. Because I'll tell you what will happen. Cincinnati is 9-0. and They're going to go undefeated. There's a little bit of hope. And guess what? If Unless if the dominoes fall quite right, you don't think that at the first chance they get, they'll pass up Cincinnati? I mean, they already justified Michigan State being ranked lower than Michigan. You don't think they're going to do that to Cincinnati too? Like who's to say with Oklahoma, you know, they, they play Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and then they get the Big 12 champ. Who's, who's to say that Oklahoma, you know, say Iowa State and Oklahoma State tank the rest of the season? Who's to say that they'll just say, yeah, actually, Oklahoma's not very good. They might be undefeated, but they're in a bad conference. We're just not going to let them in. How do you know? How do you, how do you objectively know you don't? 
So I, I'm tired of this committee. I'm tired of every inconsistency. And they're not just minor inconsistencies, they're major inconsistencies. And it gives you the impression that the committee is just going to do what they want, when they want, how they want. And that's not how sports is supposed to work. You're supposed to earn it on the field. And this has not been earned. This, this committee, and I'm not trying to, I'm actually not upset at the committee themselves because I think they have one of the hardest jobs in the world, which is to figure out who the best four teams are. And in, in, a, in a sport with 130 teams, with 10 different conferences, with different teams being independents, that is an impossible task. And so I get that people don't want to expand the playoff. I get that people don't want a system like the FCS system, the division two system, the division three system, but at some point you got to do something. At some point you got to do something because this system is not objective and it's hurting the sport. And so I hope they do better, but the first two weeks of the playoff rankings have been an utter disaster an utter disaster. And the credibility of this committee is fading week in and week out. And it has been for the past several years. Doesn't matter who's on the committee. And, and honestly, we should call it the college football playoff beauty pageant instead of the college football playoff. So I'd love to know your thoughts. What do you guys think of the college football playoff? What do you think about their rankings? Do you think they got it right? You think they got it wrong? We'll keep checking in. Uh, we'll do the recap video or recap pod on Tuesday uh, with all the games. We'll see uh, what went well, what didn't go well. We'll talk about what I think the playoff committee will do. Spoiler alert, I don't know what they're going to do. But it probably won't make sense. But that's it for the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for, uh, for uh, bearing with us. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Take care and God bless.